You are listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we take a closer look at each session and prepare you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Hey, Drew Dixon from Explore the Bible, back with you for another edition of our Leader Training Podcast. Um, this is the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, and we are in the spring quarter, session two, and it's called Re- Redeeming Love. We're continuing our study of the second half of Luke's Gospel, and we find ourselves in Luke 15, 20 through 32. Our central truth is that God calls us to receive and celebrate His forgiveness and love. Um, I said last week that the, the parable of the Good Samaritan was maybe Jesus's, one of Jesus' most famous stories that he told, one of his most famous parables. This probably is the most famous parable that Jesus told um, because it's such a beautiful story of God's love for us. It's such a profound story of God's love. And by the way, um, this is a story about about two different sons, right? Both of which are broken, both of which need redemption, both of which need to know the Father's love, but they have two very different experiences of that love and two very different responses to that love. Um, So uh, yeah, this week we're going to see some of the things that keep us from God and what it looks like to be redeemed by Him, what it looks like to embrace His love. Um, So on one of your explore options is this story about forgiveness, um, and it says, prior to your group meeting, come up with several scenarios students could face in which it would be difficult for them to forgive someone. So you might have students that are old enough to drive. A friend borrows their car and totals it. A classmate refuses to contribute to a group project at school. I remember that happening a few times, and boy, that was a tough pill to swallow, right? Um, a teacher loses the, uh, the assignment they turn in and then claims they never actually turned it in. How would you respond to each of these scenarios of being wronged in this way? Um, well, there's a point, right? Uh, we're going to face people wronging us in life. Look, the father in this parable was wronged in a far more profound way. By saying to his father, give me the share of my inheritance, the younger son in this story was saying basically to his father, I wish you were dead. Like what you have, your wealth, your money, your possessions are more valuable to me than you are. I mean, this was the last thing any father would want to hear in the ancient world. And incredibly disrespectful. And this was a day and age when like that was a big deal. To be disrespected this way was just something that most fathers did not put up with. And so the most astounding thing happens, right? The father responds to this by, um, you know, when his son finally returns and comes to his senses after he, you know, lives it up, parties, goes out, wastes his father's inheritance on wild living. I mean, uh, in our culture, this this would look something like, you know, um, going out and doing drugs and drinking and and sleeping around. That's that's the kind of stuff this guy was up to, on on a on a vast scale, and. that was incredibly disrespectful to his father. And then he comes home. The son comes home once he comes to his senses and realizes, like, this, like, living it up wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. His father doesn't say, well, um, you know, you had it coming to you. Or doesn't, you know, doesn't try to get his, uh, you know, get his comeuppance to his son. But instead, he runs to him and embraces him and throws a party for him, celebrates his return. He's thrilled that his son came back. Um, This is a picture of the kind of love God has for us in the gospel. While we were far off, God runs to us and embraces us. While we were yet God's enemies, God sent Jesus to die for us. 
Well, the older son sees that going on, of course, right? And the older son is the son that's always done everything right. He's the son that's um, just always done what his father asked. He's always been faithful. He's always been available. He's always kept his father's rules. He's always respected his father. Um, he sees that going on, and he and man, it just it burns him. It really gets to him. And he says to his father, um, he basically says, like, look, I've done everything right. I've always done what you've asked. I've always kept your rules. I've always honored you. And, like, where's my party? And the, the father basically says, like, hey, I've always been with you. I've always been on your side. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Listen, how we respond to others receiving grace tells us a lot about the state of our hearts. When we see others who don't deserve it, getting grace, getting kindness, getting having good things happen in their lives, and it goes like, hey, where's mine? That tells us a lot about where our heart is. Um, Christianity is... It is a message that tells us, like, the, the good news of the gospel is that God loves you even though you don't deserve it. We don't deserve his love. We are the, the, the younger son who deserved to be shunned by our father in a lot of ways, that, that deserve to, 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 you know, we, we, need, we deserve to be punished. But God loves us and accepts us and celebrates us even though we've sinned against him. So none of us deserve it, but we're offered a relationship with God through Jesus. Everything I have is yours. So um, there could be a temptation among some of us to, to see Jesus' interaction. And the, um, Jesus certainly has the religious leaders of his day in mind. And man, he butts heads with the religious leaders a lot in Luke's gospel. And so there could be this temptation for us to go like, man, um, Jesus really doesn't like the religi religious leaders and doesn't want anything to do with them. I don't think that's true because in this parable, what is Jesus saying to the religious leaders? They are the older son. This is... This is the older son. The older son is a, a, a picture of the religious leaders of Jesus' day. But through this parable, he's not saying to them, um, you're worthless and, and have no place in the kingdom. But he's saying, like, wake up. Wake up to your own self-righteousness and turn to me. He's telling them, you're invited to the banquet. Rejoice. Come celebrate the grace of God going to Gentiles and tax collectors. Uh, wake up and rejoice in good news coming to all people, even the people you might not expect. So um, challenge your students to think, how might they need to um, need to turn to God this week? Sometimes we think of repentance just in terms of repenting from all, all the bad things that we might have done in the past, and that's part of it. That's what the son had to do. He had to repent of his uh, lawless lifestyle, of his selfish way of living. But the older son needed to repent of a selfishness of his own. He needed to repent of self-righteousness, of thinking that he was good enough to earn his father's love. We might need to repent of that too, thinking that we can earn God's love by our good deeds and our actions. God loves you despite the brokenness in your life. He loves you despite your self-righteousness. He loves you and invites you in. But man, there's so much freedom in letting go of self-righteousness and embracing the righteousness that can only be found in Jesus. Man, it's freeing. I hope you see that. I hope your students see that. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we equip you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Spotify. You can also find the podcast on ministrygrid.com. 